Well, it's been an interesting year for filmmakers and distributors in Aotearoa. While cinematic releases were restricted and filming schedules were interrupted, Kiwi filmmakers and producers got busy finding new ways to, to get their work in front of viewers' eyes. Script to Screen Aotearoa is running a series of workshops on taking films to audiences in a COVID world. One of the speakers is Alex Bissar, who co-produced the polyamory documentary There Is No Iron Threesome with Alex Reed. The film was picked up by HBO this year. That's Zoe. She's an actress. Do a handstand as well. And this is me, Ollie. I make films. We got engaged one year ago and have been in an open relationship for three months. I've got to check in internet what that means. Just don't do an image search. How Alex got HBO's attention and worked with them to develop the film is what he'll be sharing with other aspiring filmmakers in the workshops. There is no I in Threesome, received rave reviews overseas and is due to screen here at the end of the year. Alex explains how he got involved with the film. Um, the film with There's No I in Threesome started out probably 2016 or 17. I think it might, might have been 2017 when uh, the German Kiwi director Oli Lachs came to me, we had worked on a film previously and um, he came to me and said, hey, Alex, I got engaged um, to my girlfriend and we you know, have decided a year out from our wedding to open up our relationship and whether I'd be interested in kind of supporting him making a documentary about it. And um, yeah, so I said, yeah, I'd be really into that. And so I kind of supplied them with two iPhones and you know a couple of hard hard drives and off they went and just a year before the pandemic we um, filmed the film and we ended then going through the post-production process and we had a secret screening at, at Berlinland Film Festival in the marketplace in February so that was a, a month out from the pandemic hitting and I recall that when we went into lockdown we start just had the first discussions with Netflix about it being becoming a original for them. You know, we went through the pandemic, had a numerous kind of uh, discussions with the creatives at Netflix original in America. And for whatever reason, it kind of didn't go anywhere. And we kind of went back into the edit suite, kind of thinking there must be something we can do. So we opened up the edit again and um, changed particularly the ending of the film. And that's when HBO first surfaced. Uh, and they had just uh, launched HBO Max in America and a few other kind of territories, I believe. And so we started then having similar discussions with HBO we had with Netflix. And they made an offer uh, on the film, all going into you know, the whole discussions, all goes via Zoom, everyone in, in you know HBO. And actually, so was uh, Netflix. They're all working from home. And so we had couple of creative discussions ended up agreeing on the overall kind of deal terms briefly went back to Netflix to just seeing how they felt about it um, whether they wanted to counter but anyway we kind of ended up then um, agreeing with uh, HBO and then made the changes for the film with them together and you know that's ended up then being launched I think February this year. Are you as happy with the final version of There Is No I and Threesome as you were with the original version? You know, very much so. I mean, HBO were extremely supportive of Ollie's, of the director's uh, film vision, because it's so much his story. They hugely actually supported uh, the filmmaker's vision. They wanted nip and tucks, um, you know, a little bit tighter here, a little bit tighter there. There were a couple of subtitle kind of things to, to be added into it. But no, they extremely happy with the outcome and, and how we 
actually both or all of us together kind of shaped the film. But I think it's a certainly a better film than what we had taken to Berlin, you know, a couple of months prior. When you see something like polyamory, that that could be treated, even in a documentary, very sensationally. You know what I mean? Uh, and a certain spin put on it. Given that these are involving people that you know, what would you say the tone of threesome is? I don't know. It's not a comedy as such, but it is. I mean, you see the train derailing before the main characters um, see it happen. You know, so it, as an audience, you can. You see where it's heading, but the main character particularly, he's beautifully oblivious to it. And there's so much humor and fun fun in the, uh, in the project. And it's not like really we set out to do it that way. It just happened that way. You know, initially when I said we started in 2017, it was very much a traditional documentary. And then, you know, we reshaped the whole project. And I don't want to give the twist away to be something else. And that to be something else is what makes this film stand out um, these days. But that's all in the twist and the turn. It's a good, it's a good ride. It's a good roller coaster. What advice then can you give other independent filmmakers, Alex, like yourself, having gone through this process? What are some tips or some advice that you can give others who are eyeing the international market but can't go down that traditional route of perhaps entering their films for film festivals, being there, doing the whole chatting networking in person thing and who knows when that will happen again i think it's still and it was before like before as well i think it's about track record and it's about relationships so if you don't have the relationships you know you got to you got to partner up with a sales agent or other partners who have those relationships i don't think i would have managed to strike this deal without my partners my american sales agent and my european sales agents who kind of open the doors and they are in the at the end of the day, they are kind of the people who convince the buyers, such as HBO or Netflix or Amazon, whoever they are, that they can support, you know, the, the filmmakers to deliver a film. So, and therefore the advice would be, I mean, you've got, you've got to have a universal and a, and a quite noisy kind of film, I think, these says If you want to end up on Netflix or any of those global platforms, I mean, I think Threesome could have, been set anywhere in the world um you know it could have been in china for all, all i care or, or in germany so universal stories and then i think they gotta also be unique or bold or edgy or slightly different to just create that noise i mean threesome when you look at the reviews or look at the feedback or if you troll twitter there's so many i mean the way i put it these days i mean the film creates discussion we get everything from zero star reviews to five star reviews and any shade in between we get love lovers we get haters and it's just people want to talk about and i think that's what you know the platform want what they want is they want that noisy content which drives drives the subscriber base you know which end up on the title page for that month i mean it's so different isn't it to the old days if you like when there was so much emphasis on the official reviewers and what the reviewers said but i was looking at some of the um the online reviews for uh, your film some lovely ones actually some honestly depressing insights into love and monogamy i like that one truly one of the most cringy wild and stressful movies i've ever watched in many different ways would recommend two exclamation marks so so, so that's actually more important now that would you say than the formal reviewers? I think no, I do think you need both. I think you need the formal interviewers who 
still support the release. But I, in this case, particularly the end user or the end, the viewer engages with it with a product and that creates what you know in the old days the word of mouth it creates the hey have you seen this film as you were saying there's so many reviews which are really kind of interesting and some of them are super negative but the way the people spend even time to engage with it and spend time to tweet about it or you know write a review on letterboxd or whatever it is or imdb etc it just shows goes to show that it has it reaches the audience and it, people want to talk about it. And I think that's what you need these days. Do you think this is now the future? It Maybe even without COVID getting in the way and disrupting things. Do you think now, because there are so many platforms, Amazon, Disney, HBO, Netflix, etc., that for uh, those wanting to distribute, to make and distribute films from New Zealand, there's simply going to be a lot of work involved with figuring out where your product best fits and contacting and negotiating and it does feel like there's an avalanche of material at the same time you know internationally there's a hunger for new material how disappointing when you go onto Netflix and there isn't a new show to watch you know so it is an interesting time but with such a deluge you've got to be able to know your product and you've got to be able to stand out and sell it. Yeah, do I do. I mean, I find exciting times and I, I certainly embrace the new SWOT kind of world. I, I mean, we always had anticipated to do a, a deal with a streamer. Yes, when we initially put the film together, you know, HBO wasn't there. It would have been Amazon and Netflix particularly. Uh, but, you know, subsequently to that, there are, you know, the Disneys and the likes. But I mean, I think even those this, those streamers, they are still releasing theatrical films as marquee products, as HBO is doing at the moment with a few kind of big blockbusters they release, you know, in, you know, I don't know, 45 day window, and then they put it on the streamer platform. I think agility is, is the key these days and, and not, not having your eyes set purely on this needs to be in the, in the theatres. Um, I mean, I still think the festival circuit is important for films. Um, those kind of initial reviews or acclaim winning awards or playing at Sundance or playing in Berlin or wherever it might be or the New Zealand International Film Festival, whatever it is, I think that is still important. But I think partnerships, coming back to that other other point earlier we made, having partnerships early on is important. I don't think having a film made and then going out to find the partners particularly the distributor sales agent will work. It's quite good to have those early on. What are you working on now? I think you might have a fellowship or a residency from uh, Film Otago. Uh, They're very excited about it. What are you working now? And and, uh, would you try and keep that link with HBO or are you working with one of the other uh, streamers? I'm certainly keeping a link with, with HBO. I mean, that is the advantage. Once you've had a film, you can actually talk directly to the creatives and say, hey, these are the projects um, I'm working on next. What do you think? So I am having this discuss- these discussions with the original teams, both for the docs and, and the drama kind of um, department with HBO. I don't know. I've always kind of wanted to do something I hadn't done before. So, you know, maybe trying to uh, pull off an Amazon original or a Disney or I'm not someone who likes to repeat things um, in terms of the way I've done or way I've gone about things. So, I mean, I kind of work on projects which appear to be at first glance, let's say a music documentary, but actually when you look closely, there are a murder mystery or whatever. So I like to blend genres uh, and things like that. I don't think 
these days it's, it's good enough to just make a, a solid, straightforward um, kind of film. I mean, it's not to say that it's not worthwhile, but if you want to reach a wider audience, you just got to have this a half actor or this, this point of difference to your project. So, so yeah, I've got numerous, numerous films in that kind of vein where it appears to be something at first glance, but then it's not. Alex, you mentioned before, you know, you didn't want to give too much away about threesome and, you know, for when or in case it's seen here in New Zealand. Is that, you know, for a filmmaker, I'm sure you want to, your film to be viewed here. So what, what are the chances of us seeing it in New Zealand soon? It is a given that, that you will be able to see it in New Zealand. Um, it'll be at the end of the year, but... It, more I can't really tell at this stage. Film producer Alex Bisar, the script to screen Aotearoa workshop taking your film to audiences in a COVID world is on this Wednesday in Wellington and the following Wednesday in Auckland. There's a link on our website with more details along with the full interview.